Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Max Mosier. Today, we talk about Toy Story 4. We give a complete spoiler review, and then we break down our top five Toy Story moments of all time at the bottom of the show. We get into what's hot, what's not. We talk about George R.R. Martin, Netflix, the Spider-Verse, and a lot of other things going on in pop culture. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Infinity Bros podcast. Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Mosier, and today we are live, just me in the studio, no Zane, but we've got two Infinity Bros today. We've got Robbie Sauter. Hey, everyone. And then the other one, another dear friend, Isaac Edland. Yeah, howdy, partners. That's my best Woody impression. It sounded like a cross between Woody and Forky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not the greatest at impressions, so. What happened? I'm not wearing headphones. <laughs> Robbie, you go ahead and find those headphones while I talk to our, our good friends in the audience. Maybe mute yourself while you do that, too. Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. We are a pop culture show. We talk about movies. TV, uh, video games, all the things that are applicable in our lives and that we hope are applicable in yours. And we give you our feedback and reaction to them. And we're, we're so grateful that you're making us part of your day, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for being here, whether it's Google Music, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify. Um, I don't know. Maybe listening to Sheriff Woody's playlist. I don't know how you're doing it, but... Thanks for being here and, and joining us. We're super glad you're here. Robbie, did you get your earphones figured yeah, out? Yeah, I actually put headphones on. I remembered how to podcast. Nice work. <sighs> Proud of you. That could have been yeah, that could have been devastating. Yeah, that could have been bad. <clears throat> we were supposed to have Mark on today, but he bailed last second. So there you go. This is the cordial make fun of Mark time. And uh Robbie, last episode, because this is episode twelve, you uh you got kind of obliterated. By Mark and I, I uh, and physically abused through my ears. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it hurt. Harsh words. Okay, I would. It was. I just want to Max and Mark. Yeah. yeah, I just want to clear my name a little bit. Okay, I just want to clear my name. I I never said that the bronze championship against the Golden State Warriors was the greatest upset of all time. I said it was top five. I never put it above Miracle or any of the other giant ones you can think of. Okay, and, and, and I wanna I wanna step back a little bit. Maybe I was a little ahead of ahead of myself calling it one of the greatest. It's still one of the greatest. Maybe it's not as high as I was thinking at that time, but it's still a really great upset and I just feel like my name was just drug through the mud. And lies were said, and it hurt. Sick backpedal, bro. Yeah, Isaac, I was going to say, it's a backpedal, hard backpedal from Robbie early it's in episode 12. It's a soft backpedal. That's, that's fair. I'll give it a soft backpedal. But Isaac, you guys got your revenge yesterday um, right. on our stream, which mm-hmm. you guys did the uh, Infinity Bros Broforce stream. If you didn't know, we do a yeah, uh, weekly, bi-weekly stream. We go play video games and talk. That's actually how we originally started before the podcast. And guys, I'm telling you what, that was the best stream I've ever watched or listened to 
seriously in a long time. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I felt like you guys got us back in that one. It was a blast. It was really fun. Honestly, I think Broforce, the game that we were playing, is um, is kind of the reason that we were just on fire, I feel like, because that game in itself is just hilarious. So there's a lot of content to go through. Do you feel like um, Infinity Bros and Broforce were made to be in a relationship? Oh, absolutely. It was It was just a partnership that was meant to be from the second that Broforce was created as a game and the Infinity Bros became one, it was meant to be. Yeah, I don't remember us talking specifically about that game influencing our name, but... Eh, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe not. But you know what? Maybe we'll have such an impact on the Broforce community that we'll be included as characters in the next Broforce game that comes out. Robbie, who is in the Broforce community? Like, can you give me a description of people in the Broforce community? Uh, Salute eighty nine. <laughs> Salute eighty nine, man. Yeah, we met he, him last night. He jumped on. He jumped on the. Uh, jumped on our stream and talked to us and explained certain things that we didn't understand and uh, kind of walked Which us was through. Which a lot. Yeah, we don't I mean, understand anything. We're just anything. total Broforce noobs. So, well, there goes our rating. There goes that uh, iTunes feedback that we don't have any this week, thankfully. But the iTunes feedback that were family friendly, that might have just gone out the window with that, just that username. <laughs> hey, it's S L O O T. There's absolutely yeah, nothing right. wrong with it. Seems like a perfectly Whatever. normal. I mean, unless you're taking it in a different way. Yeah. And which, it's 89, know. so like maybe he just likes. Tomato, potato, whatever. <laughs> yeah, here, yeah, here, yeah. But yeah, dude, it was a blast. Pro Force is such a hilarious game, and it was just so fun to just like four player side scrolling action, like old school 16 bit. Everything's blowing up. Nobody can tell what's going on. It was ridiculous. Isaac and Jarrett don't know how to speed run. Which, yeah. What's the origination of the speed run? What was the reason we wanted to speed run so bad? Well, that's Robbie? because that's that's one thing that the people do in Broforce. I mean, speed running. They're like we. The guy we were talking to, the guy said that that there's a there's a Broforce speed run community. Right, and generally side scrolling games, people people just speed run like oh, that's yeah. what they do yeah. with side scrolling games. So, so like I know me and Zane have done it before, where we've like gotten through levels in like less than twelve seconds and stuff like that, where you literally have no idea what's going on. You're just but it's going harder with four people because everybody has to be on the same screen. Like it doesn't like let you advance until all the characters are you know on the same screen. So yeah, it's pretty difficult with four people. Oh man! But it was a blast. Sounds exhausting. We gotta get the Nintendo Switch one going though. That that all I'll be all in on that. I'm not as into the PS4 scene as you guys are. I think I own one and I play it, but but you don't get all the free games and stuff because you don't Dude, like I don't free have games. Time. We've talked about you this. You just send them to your library. You don't have to play them. You just yeah, you, you just don't have to play them. them. You literally just download them. Yeah. You don't you, have no, to play No, you don't them. even download later, them. You just send them to your library. Well, yeah, yeah, they're in your library. Then later you're like looking through your library. You're like, oh, my gosh, that looks like a really fun game. I want to play that one. I think I have like 300 now, 300 games from PS, PS Plus, something like that. Yeah, you've been doing that. Has, have you been doing that since it was like began? Because it was just PlayStation Network before. Right? I've always had. I mean, I've always had a PlayStation, so. Nice. I've always had PlayStation Plus, so I've always got all the free games. But they didn't. You couldn't add them to your library until a few years ago. 
So yeah. Pro Force actually looked pretty sweet. I'm not gonna lie. It's so much fun. It's, it's it looks it's like a lot a of fun, dude. Yeah, you'll have to uh, purchase the game and join us next time, Max. How much is it if if one of our listeners wanted to buy this game? How much I is it believe right now? it's fifteen dollars on the uh, PlayStation Network. It is also available for Nintendo Switch. Not no idea how much it is on the Switch, mm. and I think it's on PC as well. But well, here's the deal: they're not they're not we're not getting sponsored by them. But let's be real: if we could pick one sponsor to start with, it's Bro oh, Force. Yeah. Bro Force. So go buy Bro Force. It's on the PS4 library. You get it for 15 bucks. And if you're a Switch person like me, stop dragging your feet. Go buy this game. It's phenomenal. And if you haven't watched this stream yet of what these guys did last night, I'm telling you, it's how long? How long do you guys go for? Two, two and a half? Hours? No, like four. Yeah, we played Bro Force until midnight, and then we switched over to Fortnite and just kept the party going. Man, we were we were playing until two a.m. It was awesome. I'm dragging today, <laughs> for real. <laughs> Four hours is a long one, so maybe sneak it by was. and listen to a little bit of it if you got time. But um, check it out. It's it's really yeah. Good. It's and it's broken up into the two sections. The first section is Bro Force, and the first section is Fortnite. So if Fortnite's not your thing, you can check out the Bro Force one, which is. Actually, probably more exciting than our Fortnite stream because we kind of all suck at Fortnite now. So, did you guys get any major Fortnite wins or big things happening? No, no, absolutely not. No, we sucked it up. We just, yeah, we were just, we were just dinking around, having fun, and we had four of us because Jarrett was playing with us. So, you know, when you're able to get a full squad going, it's always fun. Well, you got to promo everything here. It's the way it goes. Right. Well, and if you want to check it out, you can go to our Twitch uh, at the Infinity Bros, and our YouTube actually is on as well at the Infinity Bros as well. So check those out. Sounds great. Should we get to the content today, gentlemen? Let's do it. Well, we have an all Toy Story episode. If you're looking at our picture right now on your phone or cellular device or whatever you're looking at to listen, the the art from from Jack Bomber. You can check out Jack underscore Bomber Art. Um, this guy's been doing all our logos for us and we've been doing for the first 10, 10 episodes, just the gauntlet thumbs up, but he's going to be, um, helping us specifically with, you know, when big movies come out. So him and I were talking today, like Lion King, when that comes out, when Star Wars comes out in December, um, other movies that are coming out, he, he plans on helping us out by getting us some, some really great art and working on his kind of college portfolio. So go check him out, give him some support. Uh, but we're but if you're seeing our art man, this is a Toy Story episode. We are talking all things Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every segment today, except for Hot or Snot, is about Toy Story. And so, um, really exciting day. And we're going to review Toy Story four. We know it came out last week, um, and all three of us have gotten the chance to see it. And I'm going to read the synopsis, and uh, and then we'll give our ratings. But hey, if this is your first time listening to our show, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. So we're going to put the rating bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity step. All right, cool. Let me read the synopsis real quick for you, you guys. You might actually want to give a spoiler bumper, too, since it just came out last weekend. That's a fair point. You may have not seen Toy Story yet. We are going to get into full spoilers. We're going to talk about the ending. We're going to talk about key plot points. So we're going to put our spoiler warning right here. This is 
Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. All right, here we go. <clears throat> here is the plot synopsis for Toy Story 4. Woody, Buzz Lightyear, and the rest of the gang embark on a road trip with Bonnie and a new toy named Forky. The adventurous journey turns into an unexpected reunion as Woody's, sight, as Woody's slight detour leads him to his long-lost friend, Bo Peep. As Woody and Bo discuss the old days, they soon start to realize they're two worlds apart when it comes to what they want from life as a toy. Uh, this movie was obviously created by Disney Pixar. Um, it was... Let me see who I want to make sure I get the director because it's a, I believe he he doesn't he hasn't directed many. Directed by Josh Cooley and written by John Lasseter, and um, Andrew Stanton, Valerie Lapointe, uh, Josh Cooley had it, and also Rashida Jones. Did you guys know she was a writer on? This yeah, movie? I saw her in the credits. That is interesting. I did not mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, I saw that too, and I was like, got to give a shout out to that. Um, so really fascinating stuff. Um, Really stuff. Isaac, before we go into this this movie and kind of break this down, can you name anybody on this cast aside from Tom Hanks and and uh, uh, Keanu Reeves? Star studded. Okay, Keanu who Reeves, else? Just do kaboom. Start star studied. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know anybody else. Yeah, he's seen like four four of his movies. So <laughs> right. Yeah, he's now Toy Story Four no, is on yeah. my top five Keanu Reeves movies. Fifth so Keanu Reeves movie. It knocks speed off the list. I can't believe that Zane and I were the only ones that had a reasonable list, and then even then, people were ripping my list because of lack of John Wick. So it's like your list was your. I ripped your list. Your list was not good. Yeah, I mean, several people ripped y- it. I, I granted, I haven't seen it yet, but the Always Be My Maybe has limited amount of Keanu Reeves. Oh, so I stand by Always Be My Maybe. It's questionable that that is a. Can Keanu I touch Reeves on that movie. real quick for Max? Like, yes, yes. Yes, Keanu Reeves is in the movie. It's not a Keanu Reeves movie. Like he's 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 in it for like 10, 5, 10 minutes. There's no way that can be a top five Keanu Reeves movie. I will, I won't buy that for a second. I realize you you're gonna do what you want, I'm but sorry, I don't I, buy that for it, a second. It is such it it is absolutely a Keanu Reeves movie. I love that movie. No. Always be my maybe no. is amazing. It's a good movie. Netflix needs to release it's that a on Blu-ray. Movie. I'd buy it. That makes no sense. <laughs> I'm serious. If they released it on Blu-ray, I'd buy it. That's how much I love that movie. Um, let's go through the characters real quick. Um, Tom Hanks plays Woody. Tim Allen plays Buzz Lightyear. Annie Potts returns to play Bo Peep. Tony Hale from plays Forky. Do you know who Tony Hale is, Isaac? Isn't he from uh, uh, Arrested Development? He is. He plays Buster. Very good. I don't. I haven't watched that show either, but I, that's what I heard he was from. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He did a great job in this one. I felt he did. Um, Kean Peeler in this. Madeline McGraw plays Bonnie. Christina Hendricks plays Gabby. Gabby. Obviously, Keanu Reeves is in this. Allie Mackey plays Giggle McDimples. Loved her. And uh, Joan Cusack and Bonnie Hunt are also in this movie, as long as a slew of other characters um, that are more minor. I won't get into them, but. Guys, this just was released a couple weeks ago. It's uh, destroying the box office. Disney continues its long year of victory in the box office. What was your rating of this movie? Robbie, we're going to start with you. Uh, This is actually my second highest rated Toy Story film. 
So I gave it a 5.6. Um, do you want like the full review right now, or you just want the just the? Um, for context sake, just because there's only three of us and we've got a little more time, can you tell us your ratings of the other three, and then just go ahead and break it down? Yeah. So number one is my highest rated. I don't think it's hard to beat it for me, just because like we grew up with Toy Story. Toy Story is our age. Um, so, so it's so nostalgic. So Toy Story 1 is a 5.8. Um, then Toy Story 2 is actually my lowest rated Toy Story, and that's a 4.6. Um, and then Toy Story 3 is a 5.2. And, man, I, you could, for Toy Story 3, you could just put five of those points all at the end of that movie, because, man, they just start punching you in the feels over and over and over again. It's so good. Um... And yeah, Toy Story 4, I, I really didn't, I think I was like a lot of people where like we were like, why do we have, why are we getting another Toy Story? Like Andy gave his toys away, like we completed the story, like it was beautiful, it was magical, like we didn't need anything else. Then we got this other one, they announced it and we were just like, wait, what? Why do we need this? And I, I, I went into it thinking this was not going to be that good. I really did, I just thought it was going to be a cash grab. And Man, it was good. They did such a good job with this one. Um, I thought Forky was going to be really annoying, and he wasn't. He was perfect. Um, I thought the quote-unquote villain was going to be kind of ridiculous, and and the way they spun that was really, really good. Um, Those freaking dolls, though. Scared. Dolls. Oh my gosh, just haunt my nightmares. <laughs> <clears throat> if you've seen if you've seen Attack on Titan, which is an anime, they basically look like the Titans in that show. Like those things are terrifying in that movie. And and like me and Jessica are sitting there like this this is for kids? Like I feel like this is terrifying for adults. Like, man. Side note on that, I feel like so I, I we also went with uh my daughter and she's two and a half and I thought the same thing when those guys came up, like they're super freaky. But then I was thinking, I was like, well, we have the context of like the Chucky child's play movies right. where, and you know, even now like Annabelle too, where like dolls are freaky. Even the Joker, even like, like clowns and the Joker, they, they kind of are like those well, two. And you could, you could even go back to, we had the freaking SIDS toys. Mm-hmm. Those things are terrifying. Yeah. When we were kids. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, but when you yeah, when you when I looked at it again, when I was trying to see it through like my daughter's perspective, it was like they're not actually super creepy looking, but we just have that context that they're already creepy just because they're dummies, like they're ventriloquist dummies, and when you look at it from our perspective, they're terrifying. And I totally thought that. I was like, "Holy crap, this is so freaky." But I was like looking at it from Sphea's perspective. Fizz, my daughter, by the way. Um, when I was looking at it from her perspective, I was like, "Oh, maybe this isn't like so scary." Yeah, it's still a little scary, but she doesn't know anything right. about any of the freaky dolls that we've grown up with. So, well, in the the ventriloquist dolls, I always go back to uh, what's his name in Goosebumps. I can't I can't remember his name right now. But oh yeah, dude, oh, Goosebumps, Goosebumps had that that same exact doll like on the cover of one of their books, and that was Great. always that one always scared me. So like I I just thought about that freaking doll from the Goosebumps mm-hmm. books chasing me around like as a full grown adult like I would still be terrified. Oh man! Like it's just so dumb. Um, but yeah, gosh, 
I, w- I was blown away because I don't I don't know if I was blown away because of how good of a movie it was, or because of how much how I didn't expect it to be that good. You know, if that makes sense. Like I did not expect it to be the movie we got, and yeah, and and I don't know. It seems like they kind of left it open to make more. They could. I don't like, but but again, I'm just kind of like, can we just be done? Like, I I really don't want them to ever make a bad Toy Story movie. So yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, I'll start it off with my rating of Toy Story Four is a five point five. Um, it was a really really great movie, and I kind of had the same thoughts as you going into it, Robbie. I was like. Toy Story 3 just had such a good ending to a trilogy. And when we heard that there was a Toy Story 4 coming out, it was like, but why? Like, why do they need to make another one? And it kind of the same fears, like, hey, if they keep making them, what if one of them is bad? You know, and, you know, it wouldn't obviously destroy the first three movies if it was bad, but it just would kind of put a a little bit of a damper on the legacy I guess of Toy Story if one of the movies was bad so you had those fears going into it but I was delightfully surprised that this movie was a very solid fantastic movie but I kind of still had that thought throughout my head was that Toy Story 3 had such a good ending that Toy Story 4 really just wasn't necessary to me it still had all the magic and all of the um, charisma and everything that the previous three Toy Stories and Disney Pixar movies in general has. Like, it was still a fantastic, wonderful movie. But I just still kind of get that sense that it's like, well, it's a great movie, but we didn't really need it. And you can look at it almost separately from all the other movies, honestly. Like, it's just different, which actually was kind of refreshing, too, because it was just different. But uh, that was kind of my my only damper on it Uh, there was one more thing that i really wasn't pumped about was that buzz was just weird in this movie and i don't know like toy story 2 and 3 he just was like normal buzz um you know like they got to know him by the end of toy story toy story 2 he was one of the main characters like going to rescue woody and then they kind of like set him back mentally in this one like they just made him play dumb like he didn't know what a conscience was he didn't know what his buttons were and it was just kind of a weird feeling yeah that whole inner voice thing was like i get it worked for the film but it's like you kind of made buzz a dummy yeah it worked for the film and they got some funny like little jokes out of it and stuff but i just thought it was weird that they just set buzz back like that especially since he'd become such a lovable like part of the toy story universe or whatever and and it just seemed like he was was a dummy like you said like they just were like hey he was so cool in these first couple movies and now he's just kind of a a normal toy or whatever you know he's not the buzz that we knew so that was kind of another reason why i ranked it down at a 5.5 i say down because the first three movies, Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, I give all sixes to all of those movies. They're fantastic, and I love yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, before I get to my rating, just to touch on the Buzz Lightyear thing, 
They've messed with his conscience in every movie, Isaac. His first, the first movie, he comes out of the box. He doesn't know who he is. The second movie, he has the other Buzz Lightyear, who is like his alter ego, who when he realizes that Za, whatever the dad, like they do the Darth Vader bit. Zerg. Zerg, yeah, they do mm-hmm. the Darth Vader bit. Yeah. And then in the third one, he has the Spanish thing where they change him into the Spanish-speaking Buzz. So he loses his his mind a little bit in that one. So that felt repetitive to me. And maybe that opens the door for my rating. I give this movie a 3.5 out of 6. Um, I Whoa. I am not on the train that everybody else is on with this movie. I think if you look back on this movie, it actually does retread everything it's done before. It is playing purely on the nostalgia. Um, and I don't like the way they sent off Woody. I get it. It's a good story um, arc. I don't like it. I felt like Toy Story 3 had the perfect ending. They did not need to do this movie. Um, And I think they, I'm not going to say they ruined Toy Story altogether, the whole series, but I will tell you that I don't, I walked out of it and I can't remember a joke. I sat down and I was trying to remember jokes from it and I don't remember many of them. The only only jokes I can remember are the Key and Peele's one. And for me, that, that, that was lackluster. It's good, not great. Um, this movie isn't groundbreaking. It's decent. Even in your reviews, you guys are saying it's not really groundbreaking. It's definitely not going to make your... Wait, 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 wait. Do not put words in our mouth. Are you, are you saying it's groundbreaking? Are you saying it's groundbreaking, though? No, but we said it, we gave it high fives. You can't say that we didn't well, say it. We I, I'm, said just it arti- I'm articulating that they're, the praise for this movie is based on nostalgia. I don't think you can get as much praise as this movie is getting based on nostalgia. There, there are emotional moments that hit. There are jokes that hit. The, the, the depth that they go into with Woody's character, realizing that he is not a toy that is wanted by their person anymore, is 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 pretty deep for what Woody's dealt with. Always being he just went through that, in a, he but he just went through that in Toy Story three. Yeah, but and that's been a long time ago. Like it's it's still a new person. Like all the movies besides, no, basically all the movies are Woody movies. So you had to, you have to you have to put it around Woody. Right. So Woody goes on this adventure realizing that he has to lead this favorite toy for, for to be right. the favorite mm-hmm. yeah, for lead Forky to be the to be the favorite toy. And he knows that he's not the favorite toy because he's you know, he's just gone. So his only role now is to be the the guiding hand. And I think it was I think it was a good send off for him. I think he, he fulfilled his role and then he, when he knew it was time to go, it was time to go. I, I think go ahead, Isaac. I think for me it kinda hit some of the same tones as the Captain America send off and endgame. Like it wasn't the one it wasn't the ending that we necessarily expected, but it actually was an okay ending. Kind of like like yeah, I'm not saying they're the exact same thing, but it was a good send off for a character that they were kind of not necessarily writing out, but like phasing out of the next, you know, who knows if there's going to be more Toy Story movies, maybe, and maybe they will have Woody involved in them in some capacity. But this is kind of the same feeling I got that they were just kind of phasing them out. And it was a good way to do that instead of just like having them die at the end or, you know, whatever. This to me feels like the bad Toy Story movie out of the four. It's not a bad movie. Like it's Disney Pixar. So again, it's not going to be terrible because Nostalgia is going to carry them. They retread the things that we love, which is fine. That's gonna, that's why it gets me to three and a half. I love Forky. I love Key and Peele's characters, 
Buzz Lightyear, what the heck? Isaac, I mean, you nailed that. I mean, Buzz Lightyear gets dropped in this. And mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's because Tim Allen, just as an actor, people don't like him and people have had issues with him. I don't know if that's it. I don't know if they're trying to like, okay, we're putting in Duke Kaboom and we're going to focus on these characters. And then in Toy Story 5, we're going to maximize them. Even Jesse and Bullseye, I mean, what they played minimal roles. Like, Jesse was slashing tires. That was her job this movie. And um, some of the characters that they've had are... Uh, have gone off like I know the the characters who the the um, actors who have played the potato head Mr. Potato Head passed away so it's like Don Don Rickles Don Rickles passed away so it's just like it, it just I I think Toy Story 3 my expectation coming into this movie was to actually I had the opposite expectation which is like really weird I totally was like ah you know what who cares we're gonna see what happens because they got a lot of cool new people in this 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 could work was what my thought was and I walked out of it just kind of like, and and when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this was awesome! I really liked this." But as I took a couple days to sit and post and sit and ponder it, I went and I was like, "I don't remember anything amazing." And the things I do remember that are amazing in my head are from the new characters, and I don't like the way that Buzz was treated. And yeah, I get that Woody's transformational arc. I get his like realization that you're saying, Robbie. I agree. But I saw that in Toy Story three. And, yeah, it's an arc in four movies. You can make that argument. That's fair, and I think that's fine. And some people have been making that argument. Like, I know Chris Stuckman, Robbie, we love to watch his stuff, and that's what he said in mm-hmm. his review. It was that that they were setting this up for years, and I don't buy that. I, I think they retreaded it, and I think, I think, I don't know if Tom Hanks is done or if they want to just move on from the character. I don't know what the reasoning is. But um, I felt like Toy Story 4 is good, not great. I still think people should go see it. I still think this is a movie that if you have kids, let them watch it over and over. Um, and I, I'll go see Toy Story 5. But I, but like you said, Isaac, my ratings are number one, it's a six. Number two, it's a five and a half. Number three, it's a six. Like there's just the expectations are so high with these movies. And Toy Story 3 is my favorite of the three movies. And I, I wonder if that's because of the ending I got. I think the Captain, I, I think you're right, and I, I think that Captain America send off already happened for me. Yeah. So for me, this is kind of like Captain America comes back and does one more thing. It just doesn't feel. It feels artificial. Um, I don't know if Disney was ever going to beat that. I tried to go in with a bias without that, but I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not catching the hype that everybody else is catching on this. But I'm not like, if you like it, great awesome I it's it's not one of those movies that's like I cannot believe anybody likes this no like Forky is hilarious Forky and his he totally steals the show in totally. the first act. his He's existential so crisis with identity was hilarious I mean like I leaned over to Sarah I said they're being unbelievably philosophical in this movie they're, they're, they're philosophical in all of them but they're being like but yeah they do that they're, they're hitting it on the nose in this one like I could not believe how philosophical he his character alone was and so, but like Duke Kaboom felt like a re, it felt like redoing um, the 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 Ken character in 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 Toy Story three. Um, Bo Peep kind of, I mean, like that. Hey, we could go off and do our own thing. That felt like Toy Story two. I mean, the emotional part in this movie for me was the part where the girl was was lost. And for me, that wasn't because of. That was that was a secondary character that that was involved with to me that that, I mean and that's that's where you get another you know the f- 
philosophical debate where this Gabby Gabby thought that she was perfect for the other girl and the other girl just throws her away. It's totally. like you're not perfect for everyone. Absolutely. And then, then she just finds a little girl crying and man, that made me tear up. Oh I my gosh. That, that. Like, yeah, I did and, too. And it was totally. sudden. I, I almost was like, because like Max is say they hit it on the nose with that one. Like you're like, oh, crying oh, yeah, girl, totally. lost at a fair. Oh, Gabby Gabby needs a, needs a person. Boom. Well, and we're all, we're all new parents too. It's such it's such a play, but you're like, I'm crying, and I don't know why. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, it's a play, because for the first three movies, too, you have this, like, oh, there's this lost toy thing, and lost toy is bad, and then all of a sudden they flip it, and they're like, oh, there's a lost kid who needs a toy. And it's just like, oh, man, just really got me right in the feels. I, I will say for this movie that the I didn't really like the ending, because they were like, they had the goodbye with Buzz and Woody, and then they just ended it. Like, they had to get in the RV and go. I was like, could Buzz and Woody, like... It, and that goes back to what did they do with Buzz? Because, like, it just seem, it didn't seem as... I don't know what the word is, dramatic or eventful as it should be for those two to, to depart. Because in this movie, they didn't make Woody and Buzz, like, this big connection. Because they separated Woody so much from Buzz, which those two should always like be the key. They didn't have their Tony Stark, um, Captain America, like first act, second act, third act conversation, mm-hmm. right? And I think they yeah, missed that right. here. I think mm-hmm. that was a big ball drop. And a lot of people are praising this movie. And I think that this movie's got some good things. I don't want to sit here and be like, it's the worst movie ever. I just got to make the point that you guys are praising it from the heavens that I'm like, ah, there's things that are, it's repetition here. And I think we like the things from the first three. And I think that's, but I mean, they're all repetition. Yes and no. But I mean, like, I just think the difference I would argue is with, again, Endgame, I guess, is the rep is the one that we can reference. Cause we all love that. And it, it tells stories really well is it advances the characters to places that they never were before. And yes, Woody gets to a spot technically that he's never been before, but I would argue emotionally and internally he was already there in episode in, in Toy Story three, and I think Forky was just his version of Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story two, maybe is what I'm trying to say. So I don't know. I I this movie was good, and and I there were parts that I laughed at. Key and Peele, the part with the grandma. I mean, that was that was hilarious. I, I cracked up at all three scenarios. All three of them, I laughed out loud. Um, I love that Bo Peep came back. I thought that was cool. I think Forky was a really cool, like thing to do. I thought they picked the perfect actor for that. Isaac, you you mentioned that earlier. And, um, I mean, I love how they dealt with the little kid dynamic. I know my kid isn't there yet, but you guys probably really resonated with that with your kids. You're like, Oh my gosh, that's my life. Like totally get Mm -hmm. how that process works. And I wonder if that played into it too. I it played into it for me with the lost kid. I'll tell you that with the lost kid, I was like, "Oh my gosh, as a dad, that's what I was leaning into." I wasn't. I was kind of out of the story at that moment. So this is this is so stupid, but like being an adult now and like thinking about like the toys and like stuff Grayson brings home, I, I'm looking at Forky and I'm just like, "How is that a sustainable character?" Like a kid. The, like she's she's not gonna care about that spork in a month it's gonna get thrown in the trash <laughs> like <laughs> that's not a sustainable toy to me <laughs> which is i don't know that's just totally stupid they made it, it makes work no sense, they made it work like, man they did it. it just it doesn't work as like a sustainable toy for in the future like right. she's gonna have this spork yeah. until she's 18 mm-hmm. and give it away like 
come on yeah are you so you're uh basing this off of the movies where all the toys are talking and you know have their own personalities and yeah but here's the thing like i still have toys from when i was a kid that i remember playing with because like they're actual plastic toys i don't remember the stick figures i made because you know what they don't last (laughs) yeah that that's that's my point that's from 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 the real human that you know what if all your toys are actually alive well you kind of see that transition going from uh toy story one to two and three like there's less and less toys as those as those movies go on and then in toy story three he calls the meeting at the beginning of the movie and there's like seven toys there's like nobody there and he's like oh i know but they but they made a spork a main character that's that's my issue it's a it's a nitpick. It's you. a stupid like. That's fair. That's not a sustainable. That's okay. Toy that's fair. For a so child. I guess, I guess we'll see in Toy Story five if uh, Forky's still around. Yeah, ten be. years down the road he or whatever. I, I I get the feedback. I I understand that, Robbie. I I loved Forky. He was he was endearing. But, I do too. I'm not yeah. I'm not like hating on Forky at all. I love the character. I thought it was going to be annoying, and he wasn't. He was great. I just. It's just not a sustainable toy. What are your rankings of the Toy Story movies real quick? I kind of alluded to mine, but I'll just say it out loud. It's it goes three, three, one, two, four would be my order. Oh, you want a ranking? Yeah, just like put the movies in order. Because our top five later will be top five Toy Story moments out of all four movies. Um, but just what's your ranking of the four so far? They're gonna do a fifth one, by the way, I think. I I think that's mine a would be one, four, three, two. Wow, okay. And here, Whoa, here's the thing about three. There, huh? I didn't like three that much besides the end. Like, give me the last 30 minutes, and that movie's amazing. Like, oh my gosh. But, like, the rest of the movie, I'm just kind of, eh, on. If, I don't know. I might be in the minority on that. But Is like, your issue with three that Andy's, like, older and he just throws him away? Or, like, what's your issue with it? I don't, I don't, I just didn't get into it as much. Maybe because was the Andy thing, like, they're going back, like... They get beat up. You have uh, uh, what's the bear's name? Yeah, the the strawberry bear, Lotso. Yeah, as like just like an obvious villain type thing going on. I don't know it. It just that movie just didn't play to me until the end when I really felt it. So that's why like that's why I said like five of those Infinity Stones basically come in the last <laughs> fifteen to thirty minutes of the movie. That's fair. That's fair. Isaac. Uh, I think I would have to go one, three, two, four. I two and three are um, almost interchangeable for me. I really like two as well, but I think three just with the heavy ending, like you're saying, Robbie, like that. Oh man, that's such it's such a good ending, which is why four is on the bottom of my list. That it just just didn't feel like they needed it see and and two two is on the bottom of my list because i i just cannot remember much from two and i don't know maybe that's just because grayson hasn't want to watch number two a bunch of times lately go back like number two is such a good good. movie it's so good see and that might just be biased because i i just okay i just don't remember it that's okay yeah two is really good because of the little things about it like the storyline is not as amazing as one or three. 
Um, there's not quite as memorable parts like you were saying, but the if you go back and watch Toy Story two, all the little things in that movie are just hilarious. Because that was like the it. character development movie almost, and that's where you got like yeah. Jesse and yeah. and like the toys found out where they came from type of thing. I don't know. It's just just mem- memory wise, it's just didn't 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 come to me as much as the other ones. Well, go see this movie. It's in theaters right now. It is crushing the box office still. Um, Do we have numbers on that, Max? I can get you numbers right now. Let me pull those up. I would be interested in knowing. And while you're at it, you should you should look and see if if Avengers is actually gonna Avengers is only catch Avatar or not. now worldwide, and it's got to have at least a month left in the box office, right? Like at least. Yeah, it really the key the key weekends the key yeah, week is going to be July. I know 1st. it like keeps dwindling, but yeah, it's if it doesn't. It's got to ride far from home. If it doesn't, it's not going to make it. Toy Story has a global total of $496.5 million. Nice. So uh, I think we'll call that a success. And, I mean, for me, that's why I say there's going to be a, th- a fifth. Because if they're making this much money and you still have Tim Allen who's willing to work no matter what, he's not in anything right now. Tim Allen will do crap for the rest of his life if he has to. I mean, I think it's there. So do we see this as a, like, we're never seeing Woody again type of Total. movie? Because I, I almost thought... I interpret it that way. You do? Mm-hmm. See, I almost thought, like, we could have a Woody Bo Peep movie in a buzz... Well, the the thing I... Well, the thing I was thinking after this movie was what if they put... What if Woody and Bo Peep are in, in like... Or vice versa. What if Buzz and them... What if they do the way you're talking about, Robbie? And then and then Buzz and them are a um, Disney Plus show. Like Disney's pouring a lot into Disney Plus. This would be a great way to like go, hey, you're gonna you're gonna get the Marvel shows, yeah. you're gonna get a Toy Story show with the actors in it. Tim Allen would come back and do that. I mean, even Yeah, and you can't pay Tom Hanks enough to do that. Correct. Correct. Per episode. Where you could pay you could pay Tim Allen to do that. I think I think that was the play, personally. That was the business play. I think it would be hard to do a full length movie without Woody. Like all the other characters just seem like side characters, and especially since they put Buzz back a step, he just doesn't seem like a character that could carry a movie. They've never given Buzz his own full movie. This is his time. And you know, after two and three, he could have though. That's the thing. And now after this one, I don't think he could anymore. It's Tom. It's it's because it's Tom Hanks versus Tim Allen. Yeah, they really did not do buzz any service in this one which is sad that's probably the the, the worst part of it because like watching the whole movie you're just like okay wh- what's buzz gonna do he's gonna click as a button that he didn't know about his inner voice what jesse didn't do anything either yeah the stupid thing is that two and three he's following his inner voice or his conscience totally. the whole mm-hmm. time and then in four he magically has no idea what a conscience inner voice? is it just what's that it just doesn't make sense touches his button shut up Buzz, you're smarter than that. Buzz, shut up. Yeah, shut up, Buzz. Shut up, Buzz, Robbie Sauter. Any other comments on the uh, Toy Story 4 movie before we move on? I got one more comment, and it's just like a little side note tidbit. Did you? So you guys mentioned that Don Rickles passed away. Do you know that they didn't use another <sighs> actor <sighs> for his voice? Wait, thanks they for taking some of my hot, Isaac. Oh, sorry, dude. They just piece together pieces from other like audio in movies and video games and stuff like that to make all of his audio for this movie, which is amazing. That's well, so cool. I'll just delete that from my hot list. 
You can still put it on your list. I'm sorry. I remember one part they said something. He said, hey, watch it. And it was like so awkward. It didn't look crisp, but it is what it is. Oh, I didn't even notice. So, And I didn't even know that he had passed before the movie. I heard that afterwards. So, Before we get into hot or snot, Robbie, I would love to just take a couple minutes uh, or seconds, however long, and talk about what your hype level is uh, for this movie that's coming out this week. Um, we talked about it last week on the show and got to hear everybody else's perspective, but would love to take a short time before Hot or Snot to hear your thoughts. So have at it. Uh, um, you know what? I'm I I guess I'm just not that hyped for it. Like it's a movie I'm gonna go see. I'm not a, as huge as a Spider-Man fan as like Isaac is. Um, not and I, not that I don't like Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. I've seen all i own all of his movies and seen all of them um i hope it's better than homecoming not that homecoming is bad but i think it's going to be better than homecoming um and i'm excited for what they do with jake gyllenhaal i think that jake gyllenhaal is kind of carrying my excitement uh for what they do with mysterio and i i'm not one that knows a whole lot about mysterio but i i wanted jake gyllenhaal in dc forever so I'm happy he's at least in a comic book. He's kind of been circling the Spider-Man drain for a while to get in because he he almost played Tobey Maguire or uh, not Tobey Maguire. Uh, he almost played Peter Parker in Spider-Man Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, say three point five. Like I'm definitely gonna see it. I don't know if I'll see it the first week. Depends on schedules. I'm not gonna like force my wife to go if she doesn't want to go type of thing but yeah i'll see it i don't know i i've stayed away from trailers i've just learned not to watch a lot of trailers because then the movies get ruined and i don't want that anymore so yeah i'm excited but not like crazy there you go um cool let's head into hot or snot hot or snot is where we talk about the things in pop culture that are relevant to us whether we read them listened to them saw them reacting to news all those different kinds of things um some of it's new, some of it's old, so don't get on us. Maybe you're listening to our episode later or earlier, but seriously, lay off us, okay? Isaac, we're going to start with you, man. What's hot and snap for you, brother? All right, well, I'm going to start off with uh, my hot, and we already talked about the first one, so I don't have to spend too much time on it. It's actually Broforce. So we, again, like we said, we had a stream last night. It was just a blast. The game is hilarious. It's basically you're a band of military experts that all have bros, bros in their name yeah and well, it's you characters go around from movies. defeating yeah it's action uh heroes from movies from action movies basically and you just go around defeating terrorists and aliens and satan and it is just the best like most hilarious game ever so i definitely would say go check it out it is on playstation and nintendo switch and i believe it is on pc as well um so and we already talked about that so i won't spend too much time on it my next hot is the avengers endgame is releasing july 30th on digital and august 13th on blu-ray which is mind-blowing to me like it just seems like these release times are getting shorter and shorter and this is just mind-blowing. It's still going to be in theaters by the time it gets out on digital. I just can't believe that. Um, it just seems like just maybe a year ago or maybe even less, 
it was taking six months plus for movies to get from theaters to to digital or blu-ray so this is just fantastic that this times are just getting shorter and shorter and shorter i don't know why that is probably just better technology in general but i'm all for it and i'm super pumped for it probably gonna buy it i don't know what the records are for like blu-ray sales but i bet that movie breaks it it's it's got to be up there it's going to be huge i mean it already obviously is huge but people are going to flip when that comes out on digital Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be watching it on Robbie's Voodoo. It's gonna be <laughs> fantastic. All right, so my next thing, um, I'm gonna, I have a couple things that have to do with Spider-Man: Far From Home. So you guys can already tell that I'm pretty pumped for it. Um, J.K. Simmons was spotted at the Spider-Man: Far no From Home premiere. Way. J.K. No Simmons, guys. You're BSing me right now. This is on my hot. I'm not I have BSing not heard you. You can go you on Twitter. There's a, there's a there's a crap ton of you mean Jim you mean Jim Gordon <laughs> Robbie you need to be Robbie I need you to be quiet right now okay I need you to shut up right now Robbie okay Isaac you gotta I gotta swear swear on your life you're not BSing me right now I'm not being asking you oh dude I'm gosh. totally serious right now so JK Simmons for those of you who are not Spider-Man fans played a fantastic <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson in the first uh trilogy of Spider-Man films, and he was spotted at the Far From Home um, world premiere, and there are several pictures on Twitter about it. I'll, I'll shoot some links to Max so he can put it in the show notes. Mm. But, I mean, if that's not, like, at least speculation that he does a cameo in Far From Home, I don't know what is. Like, what, like why else would he be at the premiere? He... It would be fantastic if he had some type of cameo. I don't know if J. Jonah Jameson is even in the MCU as far as we know, but man, that would be so epic if Talk he about great did a cameo characters. as JJJ. Oh my yes, gosh, dude. He played such a perfect, like, if, if there's any character that has been played perfectly on film from comic books, it's J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. He is mm-hmm. amazing. Okay, so that was my that was my geek out um, hot. My next one is the Spider-Man Far From Home Talent House fan art contest. So these were some uh, fan art posters that were posted by the Far From Home Twitter account. They apparently did they did a fan art contest, and I was I like saw this tweet and I retweeted it on the Infinity Bros Twitter, so you can go check it out there, and I'll also um, post a link to the show notes too. But these posters are fantastic. Man, fan art is just getting better and better and better, I feel like. And we already mentioned it last week. These posters are way better than the actual Far From Home posters. The actual Far From Home posters are on my snot list. I know they were already on somebody else's snot list last week or two weeks ago, maybe even. Because they just look like they're just Photoshopped. They're not interesting. Um, There was a... So did you know that Boss Logic actually did a few of those? He did the good ones. Yes, there are a couple. They're not. But even his posters, even his, he, he just collabed on them, and they're just not that great. They're really boring. They're not. They're not as exciting as a lot of his other stuff for sure. But um, what I would like to say about oh no, that's what I was going to say. So there was an, another promo thing that was going on somewhere. Somebody posted a picture on Twitter. I'll have to dig through and see if I can find it. But there was a uh, far from home. 
uh, promo, two like promo ads right next to each other, and it was Nick Fury, and it was literally mirror copied. Like in one photo, yeah, I, his I left our, eye. I sent that in our group chat. It, his yep. le- yeah, yeah. His left eye was the patch, and then the other photo, his right eye was the patch. It was like, oh my gosh, could you be any more lazy to do this? What did Samuel Jackson comment on that? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think he actually tweeted that. Yeah, or he retweeted tweeted it or out. Something like that. But it's just like, I just feel like for whatever reason, the Far From Home promos have been so lazy and not well done as opposed to all of the other MCU promos that have been done up until this point. So that's disappointing. It really makes you like just appreciate the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what Marvel does even more, doesn't it? Just how they market right, stuff. Right, Yeah, definitely. They do such a good job and... Really, if I'm looking at it honestly, I don't. Yeah, you know they're they're still somewhat cool looking, even though if they're totally like photoshopped and blah 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 blah. And generic comparing them to other. Yeah, right. But that's why when I saw these fan art posters that uh, Far From Home was promoting that they won this contest or whatever, I was like, just take those those posters and just replace them with your posters because they're way better than all of your posters. So uh, that was the first thing on my snot list. My next thing on my snot list is NBC reported that they are going to pull The Office from Netflix. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) This is my only other snot thing, so I won't take anything else from you. But The Office has been such a staple on Netflix for so long, and... It's really, honestly, so many people's go-to thing. Like, when there's something that needs to be on in the background, I throw on The Office and Parks and Rec. And it's going to be just so sad. It's going to be a travesty when The Office comes off of Netflix because I'm definitely not subscribing to NBC's streaming service. Like, that's not going to happen. So if NBC actually goes through with this and they take it off, I might have to go buy the office on iTunes or on Amazon prime or something, because there's absolutely no way that I'm paying it for another streaming service. I'm already going to be paying for Disney plus when it comes out in the fall. I just, I just can't see it. And it's going to be a bittersweet. Well, there's nothing sweet. It's going to be a bitter time when it comes off of Netflix. That'll be really nice too, though, for like, you could just buy the office and parks. Like we own parks and rec already. So we'll eventually buy the office and then you don't have to buy that streaming service, and then you can just laterally move to Disney Plus by getting rid of Netflix. Right. And you'll actually right. save That's money. That's true. Yeah, in the long run. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, and I feel like that's going to keep happening with Netflix, probably, because Disney's going to pull off all their stuff. I'm guessing WB's going to get a streaming service going down the road. They'll probably pull all their stuff off of Netflix. Eventually, Netflix is just going to be left with all of their own original stuff, which is not terrible. Like, they have some good original stuff. But but there's just going to be so many. They're going to be, there's just so many streaming services that it's just, it's getting a little ridiculous. And and honestly, I, I don't know how much I'm going to keep up with it in the future. I'm, I'm not going to be paying for 16 different streaming services. So. Well, it's going to be a competition. It's going to be like the old days of cable, right? Do you buy HBO or you don't? And we'll we'll see people fail. So, so that is my hot snot. Robbie, go ahead, man. Okay, sorry, I was just adjusting mine. All right, so my snot. I like to start with the snot. Um, the first for me would be the 
the the San Diego Comic Con Funko Pop reveals have been trash. Really, I like, haven't seen these. Just oh, man, yeah, just generic reveals. They didn't do much with Marvel. They didn't do much with. They did like oh, near next to nothing with DC. Um, there's really only one that I'm like I have to have, and that's it's a Dragon Ball Z Funko Pop. Um, and then there's like they chromed a couple other Funko Pops of or ones that already have different colored chrome pops. I don't know. It it, it was disappointing. Um, next would be just reiterating that. The Office is leaving Netflix, and I think that's sad. And NBC is a bunch of idiots because no one's going to subscribe to your stupid streaming service. What else do they even have? I don't know. And that and that's the thing. It's like all these different companies want to have their own streaming service, but it's like it's not going to work the way you think it's going to work. Like people go to Netflix and Hulu because they have a multitude of shows on them, not just one station shows like who's such a committed person to just nbc oh i don't watch them fox channel shows only the nbc shows like bullcrap you watch all of them like if you you just like what you like and it doesn't matter who's making it like stop with everyone cannot have a streaming service it doesn't work that way Do you guys remember back in the day when it was like that for news where your parents were like oh i watch fox news no i watch nbc the news is still like i mean because the news has like their biases or whatever like so that's still kind of a thing but show wise like it's just shows like it's not gonna work um then my last thing for snot i just couldn't think of a lot of snot this week and i i haven't seen this this is only from what i've heard from like zane and from what i've read online but the infinity war extra minutes basically weren't worth it um from from the synopsis what i've heard or what i've read is that they got the stanley tribute which i i would like to see but i don't think i need to go sit through another three hour long movie to see it and then they basically did a trailer for spider-man far from home which is cool but like again we've already seen it it's in the trailers like so i don't max have you did you go see it or not i have not i was trying to and it just was too busy of a week I'll probably go when we get back from um, we're leaving tomorrow for a vacation. So I'll get back on that. See, I th- I think if if time works out, I think I'll still go to Infinity War again. You mean Endgame? And, and, Endgame, sorry. Um, I think I'll go to Endgame again. And that's I guess that's kind of more of a let's see the extra minutes and let's try and help get it past the barrier. Like my seven, my 15 bucks is really going to make a difference. But, yeah, it's just kind of disappointing. Like, you release it totally as a cash grab to try and pass Avatar. Past Avatar. And, yeah, I don't know. It seems like something Marvel wouldn't do, but they did. I, but I told, I understand it. <clears throat> okay. All right, my hot. My hot and also the biggest upset of the week. Which I think... I, we need a bumper for so so Mark can be giddy. Biggest upset of the week is the Brooklyn Nets signing Kyrie Irving and KD and uh, DeAndre Jordan, who's like an old man now, but still, the Brooklyn Nets, the team no one ever talks about, like little brother. It's like it's like if the Clippers signed LeBron and Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard. Like it makes no sense, and just good for them. Good for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, another hot Netflix 
is developing a Sandman series. Um, if you don't know anything about Sandman, Sandman is a DC associated comic book that's that has a very um i don't know how to put it very a very interesting lore to it it's a massive story that i i really don't know a lot about but i know the following for salmon is huge and like we were just talking netflix is going to be fine because they're going to be able to pick up stuff like this kind of like umbrella academy where like they can grab these obscure comic books and they're going to do a really good job because Netflix does a really good job. <clears throat> um, my next is the Steam sale. If you did not know, the Steam sale started on the 27th of of, uh, of, this month of June and is going through July 9th, I believe. Hear that, Jarrett? July 9th. July 9th. I think it's July 9th. Um, and yeah, if, if you have a computer, um, if you download Steam... Every game is at least like fi almost fifty percent off, I think, and a lot of games are like eighty to ninety percent off, and it's it's amazing. I'm go me myself personally, I'm I'm gonna get uh, Knights of the Old Republic one and two, um, probably get Stronghold Crusaders two because I, I had a buddy say that's really really fun, and uh, maybe me Isaac and Jared will grab another game and we can all stream that together. <clears throat> yeah, and for my final hot. And uh, Isaac will like this because it benefits him. But Shazam releases on digital on Tuesday. Shazam is another movie that people should have went and seen. Um, it's another testament that DC can do things right. It just didn't make a lot of money, even though it was really, really good. But comes out on Tuesday. I plan on buying it immediately and Same. watching it Tuesday night. So, yeah. And I will be watching Tuesday night as well. For the record. Unless we can't watch on the same account. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. For the record, I do not. I haven't bought any of the DC movies except for Man of Steel. I'll be buying that, Robbie. Just so you know. Nice. That movie was not awesome. Not even Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman is so good. Okay. No, I haven't it. bought it yet, but I'd like to buy it. Okay. We just haven't gotten around to it. Sure. But, yeah, that, that, that's all I got today. I did have the Don Rickles thing. That was pretty cool, but... Isaac's just taking all of my thunder today. Should I start? I'll start negative two. Um, <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw trailer three came out. And... Uh, <sighs> you're going to offend people. <laughs> Specifically Wait, Mark are you going to offend Mark? Mark was the one that actually thought it looked good. This movie, wasn't he? This yeah. movie just drives me insane because this third trailer gives away everything. It gives us the beat by beat by beat moment. And the one part that actually looked kind of decent in this trailer, they spoiled for me in the fact that Idris Elba is like this amazing motorcycle driver. And they spoil it. It's you need to if you don't plan on seeing this movie, go watch it. You'll have seen the movie if you watch this trailer. I will um, I plan on seeing the Hobbs and Shaw movie when it's on HBO in like a year and a half. That's I mean, when I plan on seeing it. It's just like it's just so crazy. It's just insane. Um, so that's that's a low-level hanging snot. Um, my next snot is Netflix. They are complaining now that ad-free is costing them too much money, guys. Oh, boo-hoo. Oh, no. That's why we come to you. Yep. Um, they're saying that if they... All 13 freaking dollars a month, Netflix. Yeah. They're saying that... I'll post the link in the show notes from Dark Horizons... Um, they're reporting that uh, Netflix is saying they would make 25% more in revenue if they had ads 
And if that happens, Netflix, then just go ahead and turn your stuff in. You're done because you go ads, you're done. You're already you're already on the way out as far as I'm concerned. But Netflix just you set yourself up for this. Hope you enjoyed the successful years you had. We'll talk about you in history books. Um, Yeah. You guys just hop in and interrupt me. A lot of this stuff is news stuff, so I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, sure. Charlie's Angels. The trailer for Charlie's Angels came wanna... out. There's a Charlie's Angels movie coming out? It is a Charlie's Angels movie. And that I sounds worthless. Def- I need to defend myself because so a couple weeks ago we reviewed Aladdin. And I really, really like, and I stand by this, I really like um, Naomi uh, Scott's character who plays the pink ranger in, in Aladdin and she plays Jasmine. And I said, Hey, she looks really pretty. She did a great job. And so Mark thinks I have a crush on her now. So there you go. So I needed to come out and make sure that I went against this movie to make sure that everybody understands that. No, it's not just because Naomi Scott's in it that I like or dislike the movie. So Naomi Scott's in it. Elizabeth Banks is in it. And what's the other, Oh, Kristen Stewart's in it. That's the other one. And yeah, I watched that trailer and it did not look interesting to me at all. Patrick Stewart's in it too. So they don't have like bad names. They got the names, but I mean, how many movies have names and are trash? Yeah. It's not a fan fantastic trailer. It's a two out of six. But uh, it's this trailer's pretty bad, boys. Pretty, pretty bad. Um, yeah, won't be seeing that. This. I don't even want to watch the trailer. Yeah, yeah. This next one. Oh, gosh. I gotta, I'm trying to find the article real quick. Give me one. Oh, here we go. I want to I share this article because I'm putting this. And I want just I want to hear your guys's perspective because this this is more your guys's territory than mine. But I think I think this is stupid. So George R R Martin um, is going after toxic fan bases on the internet, um, saying the internet is toxic in a way that the old fanzine culture and fandoms, comic fans, science fiction fans, in those days were not. There were disagreements, there were feuds, but nothing like the madness that you see on the internet. And this again, and maybe I'm putting my communications hat on here. But uh, getting really grouchy at the old man getting mad at the internet because his ending of his show sucked to a lot of people. And just wanted to hear your guys' perspective because I know you guys didn't. I know, Robbie, you did not like the end. No, nope. um, still kind of grouchy about it. Isaac, you liked it, but what are, you, what are your guys' thoughts on the feedback he gave? I <clears throat> here's Here's where our generation gets confused they think that because they are a fan of a certain fiction that that fiction is like their identity um and then they feel like they need to defend that identity to a point on the internet because when you they won't do it in person um but they'll defend that identity on the internet because there's there's no harm like what is a person going to do to you call you a loser like people can only get verbal on the internet there's no harm that comes to it and i think maybe where george r R. martin is coming from is that he didn't believe that those thoughts existed back in the day because you you talked to like-minded individuals in the comic book stores in the bookstores um in game shops whatever you you're in an area with like-minded individuals and you can have disagreements but when you're in person you're not going to get you know super heated to yell about dc versus marvel type of thing and it's like and i'll just go with the dc versus marvel thing like that's always been a discussion 
But now that there's a million videos of it online and everyone can talk about it and all that, you're going to get all these different opinions and people are going to, you know, go off the deep end with it and be ridiculous about it. And I, I just think it comes back to people finding their identity in things that aren't actually theirs. I agree with that. I think my perspective on this is, and Isaac, we'll get, I'll ask you your thoughts in a sec, but I think my perspective is this is an old man, from my perspective, grouchy, that people didn't like the way his show ended. And I think I think the internet is the medium that people voice their opinion on, and because we're so connected these days, it's in your face, it's in your grill. And back in the day, he didn't have to worry. I, I actually would flip it. I think he didn't have to worry about the consequences of people not liking his movie. It just would show up in dollar signs. And now he's getting fit criticism. And before, for years, he was reaping the benefits of people talking about it. Because this show got legs because of the internet, too. But it's not even his criticism. People aren't blaming George R. R. Martin. Everyone wants the books out because they want to know how it really is going to end. It's You're not right. going to end like like it did in the show in the books. It's just not. And I, I, I guess I, I haven't seen any backlash against George R. R. Martin, and maybe he's just kind of defending how the show did it. Maybe that's what he's going on. I haven't seen any of this. So, I don't know. It could be the grouchy old man, but I don't I don't know. I think, he, I think he's looking for it, and that's why he's hearing it. Isaac, what do you think? Sticks and stones, George. Sticks and stones. There's a lot of people talking on the internet, and sometimes you just have to... If you like a show, great. Go ahead and like your show. Let other people dislike stuff. Who cares? If they don't like it and you like it, cool. I think that's goes along with what Robbie said, that just anybody can put their opinions out there now. And you know what? People are going to do that. People are going to be stupid and say all sorts of stuff about your show. But if you like it, who cares? You don't have to... And George R. R. Martin in his defense, has not been the igniter of a lot of these fires. It's more, um, yeah, yeah, the the actual produce, producers of Game of Thrones, and, and they're like, they're kind of like almost lashing back against all the internet stuff and saying, oh, well, this is how we envision, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you could just shut up and not say anything. They do you need to shut their mouths. They just, you know what, if you guys like... Yeah, exactly. If if you guys like the ending to your show, great. Just shut up and don't say anything else about it because the more you say, the more people are going to argue with you, the more people you're just adding fuel to the fire if you if you go and talk to them about it, you know? So so sticks and stones, people. I would just that. like I would just like to tell George that hey, uh go finish the freaking books. Like like we like you have like three or four books that we need. Can you get them done before you die, please? Yeah, on top of it too, like, hey guy, uh <laughs> don't get mad at the thing that made your show big. Made his book big. Don't get mad. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, the books, but people talked about the books online. Social media and the internet explodes this stuff. And Game of Thrones, we've talked about it negatively and positively on this show. Game of Thrones was always what twitter was talking about on sunday nights every single week i don't even watch i don't even watch game of thrones in that show every week i knew what was happening on that show because people were tweeting about it so i think he needs to be quiet and i think it's i i agree with you isaac but for i would even go further to say like 
you know what, dude, this made you money. Deal with it. Suck it up. But I'm sure somebody asked him and is what it is. So, all right, I'm done being grouchy on my soapbox now. Let's go to the what's hot. Um, Spirited Away was re-released in China and it dominated screenings over June 24th week. Uh, Heo Miyazaki's Oscar-winning Spirited Away may be 18 years old, but that didn't stop it from dominating the China box office over the June 21st to 23rd weekend. The 2001 animated adventure film opened for the first time in Chinese movie theaters to a massive $28 million haul via Variety and over double the $13.2 million that Disney and Pixar made with Toy Story 4. Spirited Away is one of my favorite movies of all time, Robbie, and I don't watch much anime compared to you and Zane. This movie is phenomenal. This movie is amazing. If you haven't seen Spirited Away, this, is, this might be the highest of sixes you'll ever hear from me. This this movie is so. What about Spider Man Into the Spider Verse? It's, it's up there with it for me. I don't know if it's as good as Spider Verse, which I will get to. In a oh, I for, I actually forgot one snot. I apologize. Actually, it has to do with Spider Verse, so I need to go back to that in a sec here. But no, I Spirited Away is great. Um, if you haven't seen this movie though, seriously, rent it, go buy it, do whatever you got to do to watch this movie. I'm even gonna step out. If you don't like anime, trust me on this one. This one is good. It is weird, and those first 10 minutes are going to be weird. You got to just buy into it, okay? Once you buy in, after those first 10, 15 minutes, man, this movie takes off. You got to do that awesome. with anything from Studio Ghibli. Like, you just got to, you just understand things are going to be weird, but you just got to buy in, and then you're going to fall in love. And you are you don't even know why dude, you fell in love. You just did. Dude, this movie, this movie was huge when I was a kid, I remember. So, and, and I, I would like to... I wonder what the numbers are, but Your Name uh, is an anime movie that came out in 2016 that like broke all the all the Chinese and Japanese records for anime for like how much an anime movie is made. I believe they ha it has the number one world record for highest grossing anime film, and I have not seen that. But I wonder if Spirit Away got up to there for the first week of release. I would be interested to see. Yeah, we'll we'll what have to follow up are. on it because, dude, that that movie's gonna make money forever. They're just gonna keep re-releasing because that's what Ghibli does. They just release these movies and people go back because they're that good. They're so worth it. If that ever comes locally, we should go see that. You, me, and Zane. Oh, I'm there. Hundred percent, be down. I'm there if we if that happens. I gotta go back to snot real quick. Um, but Isaac, you'll love this. Um, well, you'll hate it, but you'll love you'll love that this was reported. So, um, Tom Holland was cut from Spider Verse in an early. I did hear he that he was he what? was originally supposed to be in the movie. Um, Holland has discussed what would happen in the scene. He said, "At one point, I was supposed to be in it. There was going to be another Peter Parker. There was a scene in a train station or something, and it was going to be an Easter egg. I was going to walk through the background and say like, hey, kid,' or something. Never happened. Heartbroken.'" Holland has nothing but praise for the Spider-Verse movie, though. In fact, he was worried it would overshadow his own films. It was good. It was funny. And I was so stressed when it came out. It was really awesome. Shameek Moore's Miles was really, really good in it. But I'm just excited to introduce Miles into our own universe one day. I think that's going to be really good. So this is kind of a hot in a snot. This is a snot that he's not in it. But to me, I think they're doing something with this. I think they're connecting it to the MCU. Don't you think, Isaac? 
I, yeah, I could see him doing it. <clears throat> and I think it would never amount to more than just like a cool connection, like Easter egg thing. Like they wouldn't do like a full out, uh, like into the MCU Spider-Verse movie or anything like that. But I do think they are probably going to draw some elements from MCU and in, in some of the Spider-Verse sequels. I kind of bet they do. I bet they do do a Tom Holland in the Spider-Verse connection. Because you can't bring the Spider-Verse people to the MCU. That wouldn't make sense. It just wouldn't work. But you could definitely put a Tom Holland Spider-Man animated version in that world and have would have no problems. It sounds to me like they're doing it already if J.K. Simmons was there. Seriously. I'm serious. Like This is starting to make me realize that I think they're doing it. I think they totally are doing it. I think Feige looked at that and went, that movie was awesome. Let's do it. Because Spider-Man, we all agree, was a six. Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man was a mm-hmm. six, right? That's an infinity snap. Yeah, but it didn't make the money that it pro- it deserved. So, But now if you connect it to the MCU with Tom Holland and you throw him into an animated movie, bank. And Disney's all about bank. That's how you can connect Venom. You know why, though? You know why they didn't make money? They basically didn't promote Spider-Verse at all. Like they, I I didn't even hear about it until like months before it got released. Like see, I, there was n- basically no promotion. See, I knew about it until it came but out. But I theaters. didn't realize it was gonna be a full motion picture. I thought they were just developing an anime, like like uh, just a straight to Blu-ray movie, like DZ does. And I was like, why is there this big news about this? DC does this every and, other week. Yeah, and <laughs> honestly, the only reason it made the money it did was because of word of mouth of people saying, wow, this movie is amazing. Like you need to go see it. Otherwise it probably would have made less. The sad thing is it's already, it's already fairly cheap to go buy. Like I can get it. You can, well, and it's on Netflix. Now. Well, it's on Netflix, but you can go to Best Buy and get it for 10 bucks. Greatest, greatest movie of 2018 for me. Movie is great. I love that movie. Um, speaking of other movies, I got to watch the upside this week. It stars. <gasps> yeah. Um, did you guys see this? I seen it. Isaac, have you seen this movie? That was a no. He's he shook his head. No. Sorry. Uh, it stars Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston, Nicole Kidman, Asia Naomi King, um, and then I think there's one more. Julia Margiles is in there too. She plays Lily. Um, this movie is directed by Neil Berger and written by John Hartmere. Um, I'll read the synopsis real quick for you guys, and then, Robbie, you can give your ranking, too. Philip is a disabled white billionaire who feels the life is not that feels that life is not worth living. To help him in his day-to-day routine, he hires Dell, an African-American parolee trying to reconnect with his estranged wife. What begins as a professional relationship develops into a friendship as Dell shows his grouchy charge that life is worth living. Um this I, I watched this movie this week. I had some downtime when I came back from um, a trip I took, and uh, man, this movie was great. I walked, I, I I rented it, and I was like, I'm just gonna rent something, and probably won't be good, and I'll have something to talk about on the show. And I was I was very impressed with this movie. I give this movie a five and a half out of six. Um, I, I'm not giving it a six because there's tropey things it does. It's there's some beats that are there that it's like okay, I saw that coming, but um. Man, I gotta give my hat to Brian Cranston and uh, Kevin Hart. Man, Kevin Hart is phenomenal in this movie. 
This is some of Kevin Hart's best acting. He's funny, but he's 90% serious. Cranston brings his A-game per usual. Um, Nicole Kidman's great. Yeah, I mean, like, he can't move anything but his neck, and he and I, he sold me. I thought for sure he was paralyzed. And, um, again, there's some things. This is a feel-good movie, right? There are some things that I think you'd expect in terms of a story. But I was so pleasantly surprised with the acting, and I was so pleasantly surprised. I felt like these guys were really putting everything they had into this. And I was very moved, and there were parts that I was surprised by. And that was very interesting to me in this movie. I give it a five and a half out of six. Uh, Robbie, what do you think of this movie? I'm not as high as you on it. I really liked it, though. I gave it a five, just a straight five. Um, I feel like there's parts that are a little rushed, I guess, kind of, kind of like when um, when Cranston's character tells everyone to get out and he starts, like, disconnecting from everyone. And, like, you're kind of like, oh, man, how long is this going to take? And then, like, Kevin Hart just comes back and they go uh, parasailing and everything's fine. That's a great example of a beat that's like, okay, saw yeah. that coming, right? Yeah, and it's just it's just little things like that that keep it from being as good as it was. And I think that's why it didn't get the critical acclaim that I actually thought when I first saw the trailer it was going to get. Um, because I think it has a really low Rotten Tomato score. I'm not, I don't have it up right now. I don't now. even know it's Rotten Tomato score. I'll look it up. Keep talking. I believe it's only like a 58. Wow. But... It's a, it's a much better movie than that. It's a definitely a movie you pop in with your wife, um, and you just enjoy your night. Like it's just 40%, a good movie. Forty percent, forty percent. Forty. Yeah, and it's yeah, I, it's so much better than that. Yeah, I, did, I agree. And, and we've you obviously do para stuff, and I worked as a para, and I thought they did a really good job of describing that kind of world that he entered into at the beginning of the movie in the first act. And like, man, I I, I felt I felt his discomfort, even though, and I've been there. And, um, yeah, I, I thought they did a wonderful job. This is a great movie. Go see it. Do not believe the criticism on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. Most of the time, Rotten Tomatoes, in my opinion, gets it right. I think they're wrong on this one, though. Um, Max, but, can I can I add something to my hot? Because I totally you may. forgot about it. Go for um, it. So to add to my hot, there's a Netflix show called Now They See Us. Uh, yes. The, oh, my gosh. I have not watched this yet. It's so good. It's it's the it's about the Central Park Five back in space on the year. I want to say it was nineteen eighty eight. I think was the year mm-hmm. uh, where these cops basically forced five uh, five black boys to confess to a murder and rape that they did not, or not a, not a murder, confess to a rape that they did not do, and. So it's a four or five part series on Netflix, and then there's like a little like Oprah talk show with it at the end, which the Oprah talk show thing was trash. Like it was just they just didn't do a very good job with that part, except for when you actually got to hear the actual men that went through this talk. Um, I don't think it matters if we spoil it, but basically these men went to prison for these boys went to prison for something they didn't do. Um, and then eventually they got exonerated, but not until like 20 plus years later where they were exonerated and got money back for being exonerated. Um, so like their whole DNA is already messed up and, and, in the Oprah special, one of them, uh, I'm spacing on which one it was, but was just talking about like how he's just a broken person. Like they all got like 
six million to eight million dollars each at the end of it and he's just like i'm broken that money doesn't do anything for me like i'm an i am an aggressive human being now because of the life i had to live from the time i was 14 to being a 40 year old man and he's just like i'm broken now and it's like they just think five million dollars is gonna fix that but <clears throat> gets really deep and, and they, they really hit home on one of the characters, Corey Weiss, not a character, real person that went through these things. Um, and they really, man, they just make you feel for this. And they make you, this, the show makes you angry because of what they did. Um, so yeah, I gave, I give the show a six. You need Gosh. to see this. You need to see oh, this man. show. I know. I need to watch this show. I've heard about it and. To be honest, I, I know the content of it, and so I've been really putting it off mentally. I'm like, I need pre- I need to prepare myself for this because this will be a journey, and it will be tough. And so I, yeah, I'm really glad that you give it a six out of six, Robbie. That really affirms that I need to watch this. Yeah, they do a Isaac, really have you good seen job this show? with it. I have not. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that one's going to be a tough one. I got to do that. I'll, I'll have to figure out how to do that in Stranger Things. In the next two weeks, because right. those are two of the top big ones for me. So luckily, you you can knock it out in two nights, really. Yeah, but it will emotionally drain you. That's the pickle here. Um, I gotta add one more thing to my hot list too, and it's gonna be really quick. I won't go over synopsis and stuff, but I don't even know if we've mentioned it the past couple weeks. But Chernobyl is a miniseries yeah, that came it. out on HBO. Did we talk about it? I don't remember if we did or not. But I finally finished it a yeah, while we ago. Talked about it quite a bit, and fantastic show six out of six best if you IMDb have an hbo subscri- subscription definitely go watch it i didn't even i wasn't even planning on it i just had hbo subscription left over from my game of thrones watching and i am so glad i did i would have paid the 15 bucks just to watch that show so side note okay good to know um i'll just start moving through other stuff because we got to get yeah, we're at an hour and a half. We gotta get moving here. Um, McCarthy's gonna uh, Melissa McCarthy's gonna play Ursula. Love that casting. I give that a six out of six. Um, Paul Rudd is going to be in the next Ghostbusters movie. Love that. Six out of six. That's the guy that should be on that movie. That's the guy who should be writing for that movie. Um, Kevin Feige affirming that the Marvel shows will change the MCU. Um, he says in an article that they will actually have massive impact on the MCU and will affect all the other characters. I think he's talking about what Loki's going to do in the past, and I think he's going to talk about. I think he's talking about Wanda. I think Wanda's going to do some crazy, crazy Legion level crap, and I'm looking forward to that show big time. No, I'm I'm excited for it. I think uh, something they obviously need to do with all the characters that they're going to put into these shows and. Man, we're getting, we're basically getting weekly comic books in live action and then massive movies now because of how well Disney's done this. It's amazing. Depending yeah. on how you consume it, yeah, you could get it weekly. Um, that's a great, well, I that's didn't, a great take. Have they, have they talked if they're releasing it as an entire season or are they talking, because the, how DC does it on their app is they release it every week like a show. I think you're better off releasing them all all together. Binge, yeah, the binge thing has mm-hmm. kind of become this big thing. So yeah, that would make sense. Because then but... you don't then you don't lose interest. Right. You get everyone yeah. talking about it for a month. Yeah. Instead I'd rather of they talk about yeah. it for a month, I agree. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. It depends on what they do. Keeping with two additional Marvel news, Lady Gaga in potential talks to play the opposite character of the love interest of Rocket. I forget her name at the top of my head. Um, gosh, I, I have her Funko her Pop. Picture. Is it Ly- Lila? No. Yeah, something like that. I have her Funko Pop. It is Lilia. Or, no, Lilia. It's Lila. It's Lila. Is it Lila? L- okay. L-Y-L-L-A. Lady Lila. I love that news. Six out of six. He, those two are great. In um, oh my gosh, what's the movie that just came out with them? The Star is Born. Star is Born. Yeah, they're. I know Bradley Martin's married, but like, Bradley Cooper. His wife's his Bradley Cooper. Yeah, his his wife's got to be a little worried. Yeah, the the, the tension there was, especially at the that award show. Oh my goodness. Yeah, man, they were, yeah. And then Selma Hayek is in talks to uh, potentially be in the Eternals movie. Building that star-studded cast, as star Isaac's been talking about. Studded. I told you it was star-studded. If we do, if we do merchandise, we have to, our first shirt has to be a star-studded shirt, doesn't it? It's just Keanu Reeves and a bunch yeah. of like stick figures. Hundred mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. That would be epic. I'd get one. All right, guys, let's close the show out with our top five Toy Story moments. The we're going in three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List. Starts now. All right, every week we like to do the top five, and this week we were talking about the top five Toy Story moments in the entire history. We're including one through four. Um, so maybe these guys might have something from four. I don't know. Uh, I don't think I will. Spoiler alert. Um... But uh, we're going to talk about those moments. I'm a crouchy moments. old man, and I hate things. Because I'm a crouchy old man, I don't like fun things. Meow, meow, meow. Um, I'm uh, George R. R. Martin, and I don't like new things I don't like, like the internet. I don't like when the kids get on the internet and make fun of my stuff. <laughs> it makes me mad. The internet's so toxic, because previous generations, we were never toxic. Ever, yeah, ever. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Well, previous generations, yeah, history says a different thing there, bruh. Top five Toy Story moments. Uh, Robbie, you've been an apologist for Toy Story this episode. Let's start with you. Okay. Um, I'll start with my honorable mentions. Yes, I actually have honorable mentions this time. I never have honorable mentions. Uh, this one was tough not to put on my top five, but I, I made I made one like five-minute thing into my one and two. So number – so my honorable mention is – Toys teach Sid a lesson. Like, gosh, that was terrifying as a kid, but it was so good. Um, So good. Then another honorable mention for me would be Buzz as Mrs. Nesbitt. I think (laughs) out of all the yeah, that's a great part. Out of all the Buzz switches, that there's so many good parts in these all of these movies. It was really hard to make a top five list. And then my my final honorable mention, and this could have easily been in the top five. But I, th- I think as a young boy, this is my first time in a movie watching something and actually feeling the tension. Because, like, when you're a young boy, you're just enjoying things. But, like, this is the first time feeling the tension as a young boy was when Woody and Buzz worked together with RC and uh, Slink to get into the car when they're moving. Like, as a, I just remember as a young boy feeling that tension. Like, it actually made me feel tension. I don't even remember how old I was, but it was the first time. Um, okay, 
So my number five, and this was, I had to like think through all the movies and this was tough, but uh, going into Jesse's backstory, I think a lot of mine is going to be the emotional things that hit hard. Um, so when they went to Jesse's backstory, that was one of the emotional times that really hit and that's in Toy Story 2. And that was like the one thing from Toy Story 2 I could remember and be like, oh yeah, that. Um, <clears throat> my number four would be Buzz, I can fly. Uh, just just setting up that whole scene was brilliant. You got the whole room working together to make him able to fly off the Hot Wheels track. And like as a young kid, you're just like, oh, there's a Hot Wheels track. I have one of those. Oh, he's grabbed on the fan. He's spinning around. That's crazy. Then he lands and he gets in Woody's face and is like, can ah oh, it's <laughs> yes. fantastic so good um my number three is the hit on the nose from toy story 4 uh gabby gabby finding her person um oh my gosh that scene it, it's such a oh hit on the nose gosh, man sobbing. the thing with toy story and pixar has been just so good at making moments that are like so obvious but they get you in there and they get your feelings because like you see a crying child and how they portray her and then like gabby just got thrown away by another girl she thought was perfect and gabby is is facing this fear of rejection again and she puts herself out there and and the little girl i i loved how the little girl stopped worrying about herself being lost and was like I found this doll and I think she's lost, so I'm gonna keep her company. I was just like, oh, oh, so sweet. Oh, I'm tearing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my that's my number three. Okay, and, and so my number one and two, kind of, they're they're back to back in the movie. So, but they they were too big of a connection for me not to put one and two. But my number two would be Andy's last play when he's in his room, uh, when they're getting ready to, like, leave with the box and everything, and he starts playing with everyone again. Gosh. I just, I just like, think about that, I'm just like, why didn't I do that as an 18-year-old leaving for college? Like, I could have had a last play with my toys. Like, man, like, like, he's, he's growing up, but he's like, these toys shape me, and I'm playing with them now, and it's just like, man, I want to go watch Toy Story now. Um... And then my num my number one is Andy saying goodbye to his toys and giving them over to a I can't Ugh. what's the girl little girl's name I'm struggling Bonnie, Bonnie. give giving uh, the toys over to Bonnie gets me we rewatched Toy Story three last week mm -hmm. and that part just ugh. yeah you can't not cry the weight like, the weight of that part if you don't cry during that massive. you just didn't have enough you didn't have toys and you you don't have a soul you just don't have a soul <laughs> man just. And he, like, when he starts explaining, like, like the, the backstories for all of his toys, and you're just like, gosh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little kid. And, and I, I believe that Toy Story 3, like, the first time we all saw that, what we would have been right around 18 or 19. So, like, it hit, I think, uh, our age, maybe the hardest, because we were all going through that growing up stage with Andy. Like, we grew up with Andy. And man, that just that just hit hard. And I'm actually like, I'm legit kind of tearing up thinking about it. Like, if you don't if you don't know me, I know we're on a podcast and everything. I'm a big t 
toy person. I like I like having toys. I like collecting toys and everything. I have statues and figures and everything here and there. So like I still have my toys, but like thinking about nothing is quite as special as the toys you had when you were a kid. And that that scene just just hit home and they did it perfectly because Pixar sprinkles their magic Pixar dust and you start crying. Yep. And I think being a parent too, uh, it changes my perspective. Cause I watched toy story three, like you said, Robbie, we were probably 18, 19 years old, not a parent yet. And yeah, it's still a really impactful scene at the end, but rewatching toy story three with my daughter in my lap is just like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Uh, I think any movie now is just, it means more to me as a parent. Cause I don't think I, I'm trying to, I don't think I ever cried during a movie before I had a kid. I can't remember one off the top of my head that I've I cried can't either. During. It became such a soft. And now I feel like it's every other movie that I watch. <laughs> I'm crying. Well, like every time in the group chat, you're just like, yep, just saw Toy Story 4, literal tears. Just cried. Just cried. So, just cried again, guys. This is, this is a dad question because I've been struggling with it. Grayson has a lot of toys. And I'm, I'm almost at the point where, like, do I need to get rid of a bunch of his toys so that he can get attached to certain toys? Like, I don't know. That's more of, that's a deeper discussion for kids. I don't know. I'm just like, he's not going to get attached if he has all these toys. He needs, like, six toys. And he's attached to just those six. So that's probably ridiculous, but. Well, I'm sure as he grows you'll probably end up getting rid of ones that he never touches and stuff like that, and he'll grow attached to them naturally, probably. Right. No, that's just a random off-topic thought. I'm going to go next, Isaac, because I think your list is going to be better than mine. Dude, my list is so long. Let's, it's yeah, bad. let's do yours last. Um, no honorable mentions. I kind of tried to, I tried to really narrow it down because I felt like I could be here all night if I picked multiple scenes. <clears throat> So, Robbie, a lot of similarities to yours, though. Number five is this is flying with style rescue scene. Love that. Where they rescue RC and then they're flying and then you just saw that Woody believes in um, Buzz and Buzz believes in Woody. It's crazy. Great storytelling. Um, again, number four, Jesse's story when she meets Woody and she tells about the kid. Annie, I believe, is her name. Um, just so heartbreaking. Um, number three is the you are a toy scene that that's iconic that scene yeah, is iconic that's true. and i think you are a toy i mean yeah and just, child's plaything and you are a sad oh. strange little man like i mean that whole dialogue <laughs> yeah, is just hilarious so good. <laughs> tom hanks and tim allen in that scene yeah. just uh, under a it, car man. that is the best that is so great under a car just who'd have thought two toys talking under a car would be so impactful Number two is Sid versus the toys. I'll never forget the creepy scene where Sid picks up Woody and Woody's head just turns. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yep. So play play nice. nice. Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) That scene. (laughs) Just love that scene. Oh, my goodness. I love that scene. Um, That's number two for me. And then, Robbie, same for me, man. I mean, that Toy Story 3 ending. It's so good. It's it's just perfect. It it is per it is like up there with Endgame. It's just that good of an ending. And when you can crush an ending, it really makes the whole some parts of your movie better. So yeah, Isaac, close us out, buddy. 
All right, so I have a long list of honorable mentions. A lot of them you guys have already have gone through, so we don't have to go through all of them. But uh, cones uh, during Toy Story 2 when they're crossing the street and they all get underneath cones, that part is hilarious. A lot of these are just light scenes too that not necessarily like super memorable or whatever, but just ones that I really enjoy. Um the fireworks scene at the end in Toy Story 4, they just do that pan across all of the toys that you have known and grown to love over the past four movies. And that that part got me too. I was like, oh my gosh, all these characters that I have grown to love, they're all right there. It's slow motion. There's fireworks in the background. Very, very touching scene. Um, the lost child scene we already talked about, just super powerful um spanish buzz in toy story 3 when he resets to spanish mode that is a low-key hilarious moment in toy story 3 it just kind of lightens the mood at the end of the movie um toy story 1 meeting buzz that's this you know scene that you guys mentioned where he flies around the room and he's like can fly you know that's that's epic the incinerator part in toy story 3 where they're all like literally facing death, like looking, they just, that part, I feel like that's might be the most weighty animated um, scene maybe ever because they're literally looking at their death, waiting to die. And, and you're just like, what? No, they're going to die. Like how, what is going on here? They can't die. And then obviously they get, you know, rescued, but it's just like, holy crap, those, Whatever it is, 10 seconds that they all accept that they're going to die. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Okay, and then the Zerg buzz battle on the elevator in Toy Story no. 2. That one's, they just play That's just a funny one that they just play. You know, they totally copy the uh, Star Wars, you know, Luke, Darth Vader, and it's, it's just kind of a light, funny scene. Um, so here's my list, though. Number five. I've got Buzz meets Buzz in Toy Story 2 when he goes down the Buzz Lightyear aisle and he meets face-to-face with the Buzz that he was in Toy Story and he realizes how ridiculous and just terrible that that he was and he's like rolling his eyes the whole time and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was this annoying. Um, And another side part, that's why... It's weird that he reverts back in Toy Story 4. But anyways, that's just a funny one. Number four is the Sid's toys at the end. Like, you get Max, you hit it the nail on the head when Woody's head turns around. And he's like, and then his face gets animated. And he's like, so play nice. That part, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my gosh. Mic drop right there. Uh, three is one that hasn't been mentioned yet. It's the opening sequence of Toy Story 2. Um, it's actually where it opens in space and Buzz is on a different planet and you go through this whole 15 minute sequence and you know as probably I'm trying to think of it was probably like 2000 around so we're like 10 years old so we see this awesome space sequence and we're like is this like the movie like this is part of the movie and then it turns out that Rex is playing the Buzz Lightyear video game like that revelation was like, oh, this is so cool. And being like a casual gamer, I, I, I don't necessarily call myself a gamer, but I just thought that part was really cool where there's a reveal and 
and it's actually Rex just playing a video game. Um, number two is when Andy leaves for college, and like you already mentioned, Robbie, that part just gets you every time. You're just like, oh my gosh, yeah. I just can't, I just can't right now. And then number one, this one is not the most like weighty scene in the world, but this is what I think of when I think Toy Story. It's the Woody and Buzz flying with the rocket scene. Um, you know, when, when he's like, oh, yeah, you're falling just with style. With it's style. just like, like when I think Toy Story, that's the first scene that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. That's the most like iconic to me. So that's why it's number one. But it, this was such a hard list to come up with because I, and as you saw, I have like seven or eight things of my honorable mentions. So it's just so many great moments in this super great quadrilogy. Do you call it a quadrilogy now? I don't know, man. In this in this uh, sequence of movies. Such a great... This goes, goes to how good Toy Story is, but no one even said the opening scene for Toy Story 3 where they're, where they're going against Ham and all that, and they're like on the train and everything. Oh, that's a good one, too. That's such an epic yes. scene. That's like, such a good one. It just sets it like... With all the I don't yeah, know. favorite characters Give me the first five involved. minutes of that movie and the last 30 minutes of that movie, and I am golden. I just, I don't know, didn't enjoy the rest of it as much as everyone else did. But yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Well, that's our show today, guys. Thank you for tuning in and uh, listening to us. We hope you uh, have seen Toy Story 4 or that you're coming listening to us after you watched it. Um, Robbie, great job today, man. Awesome stuff. Thank you. Isaac, you did okay. But we're glad you're here. <laughs> okay. Better grade than Isaac. Thank you. I'm kidding. You, to infinity and beyond. To infinity bros and beyond. I don't know. That's cheesy. Don't. Aha, there you don't go. Don't plug that. To infinity bros and beyond. We'll be editing, <laughs> we'll be editing that There out. it is. Nope, nope, Woof. nope, nope. To but infinity hey, uh, bros and beyond. <laughs> well, that's a that's a t-shirt right there. There is a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, We're going to have so much merch, guys. It's going to be great. Gonna, oh, I've already promised the people merch. <laughs> get your merch buy your merch get your merch the people will have merch Mm -hmm. if Robbie has anything to say about it well however you listen wherever you listen thanks for listening to us we appreciate you Um, you can check us out on Podbean iTunes Google Music and Spotify we'd love to hear your feedback on what your top 5 Toy Story moments are follow us on Facebook Instagram Twitter um uh, the big one we're looking at right now, too, is Facebook right now, Isaac. People just give us lots of comments on those. Make sure you get on that. Tell us your top five list. You can shoot us an email, too, at the Infinity Bros, at Infinity Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us your feedback. We'd love to read that in the air. And maybe go give us a five-star uh, rating on iTunes if you got a chance. We'd love to hear your feedback on there. We love you guys, 3,000. We hope you have a great rest of your week happy july 4th we will not be back next week we're going to be taking a week off spending some time with our family but we will be back the second week of of july to review spider-man far from home so get out there go see it maybe go see endgame again and hopefully we'll have good news to report that marvel avengers endgame is the best movie of all time in regards to gross world ranking or maybe it's just the best movie all the time already so we love you 3000 we'll talk to you later See ya. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>